My name is Julie Kraft and I have bipolar 2 disorder. I'm Shaylee Hugendorn and I live with bipolar 2 disorder. I was diagnosed 10 years ago at the age of 36. I was told of my diagnosis and I remember being relieved but also terrified. I know um, the perceptions and the stigma that goes along with it. I started sharing my story about four or five years ago. I decided to come forward and start sharing. It's led to me meeting the most amazing people walking the same path. So we had talked about collaborating. My greatest hope is that others will hear our stories and feel less alone. We can offer insight and give the world a real life living example of what bipolar disorder can look like. This is bipolar. This is Bipolar. Hi everyone, welcome to This is Bipolar. I am Shaylee, I'm a wife, a mama, an event planner, uh, elementary school teacher, and a mental health advocate. And I am here with my co-host. I'm Julie Kraft, I am also a mental health advocate. I am a wife. I'm a mom of three daughters, mm. author, um, enthusiastic home decorator, and so thrilled to be here. We are both thrilled to be here, and we are a little bit gussied up, very excited. Mm. <laughs> yeah, so this is our, this is Bipolar Christmas holiday episode. <laughs> And you are all invited and it's probably awesome because we're all in the comfort of our own homes and we decided to get dressed up because we can and in Canada there's still a lot of restrictions so I don't have anywhere to wear my sparkle dress that I bought last week for no reason. Um, so I'm really glad to have um, to have it with me. Um, yeah, we wanted to talk today about, um, as always, beautiful things and hard things. And usually um, I would give like, a, this might trigger you and it might warning, but I do want you to know that this is not a toxic positive Christmas party. This is where we're gonna talk about hard things and real things and Really, you know, if I could title a subtitle to this Christmas party, it would be like, okay, what do we do now that we've changed from our regular anxiety to our fancy Christmas anxiety? Yeah. Am I right? Yeah, I know. Yeah. And, and that's the thing. Um, as happy and joyful as it might be for some people, um, I know for myself, it also brings its own set of challenges. And I think we're going to talk about some of them. Yeah. And I think every Christmas, pretty much every Christmas looks different for me. And um, yeah, I can't wait to, to just dive in and talk oh. about holidays, what excites us, what's hard for us. And like Shaylee said, we recognize that it's not a merry, merry, ho, ho, ho season for a lot of people out there. So we are holding space for everyone and all experiences during this time. Yeah. And if there are any musicians out there, if you could change <laughs> the words to it's the most wonderful time of the year. So we have both, <laughs> both end. That would be helpful because even though I listen to it, sometimes I find that uh, aggressive and I feel judged by the song because you know what? Sometimes I feel like, okay, if I can't 
enjoy this and enjoy every moment and make the best memories and have the best times and bake all the cookies and decorate all the things. If I don't do it wonderfully, then it's not the most wonderful time of the year. And I'm pretty hooped for the rest of the year. And (laughs) that's not a good feeling. That is not a good feeling. And especially because it heightens um, a lot of anxiety for a lot of people. Yeah. And one of the things that it heightens in me is that I'm already a decorator and an event planner and a huge extrovert. So I'm already, um, I don't say perfectionist because I'm trying to reframe. So I strive, I strive for excellence in those areas. So you can imagine how heightened that is um, over Christmas time. And uh, yeah, I think I wrote down, uh, you know, our favorite Dr. Brene Brown, can you be any more of a genius? Love her. I wanted to start with this quote um, that it says, uh, wherever perfectionism is driving us, shame is riding shotgun. Oh. And how I read that is that um, where we try to be perfect, Um, And where we put the most pressure on ourselves is probably um, where we've had the hardest time or where we have, you know, secret hard feelings about it that we haven't shared or where we feel this guilt and shame for not feeling the way we're supposed to or we're not reacting the way the world wants us to react. And maybe, you know, it's really hard um, when you're living with a mental illness to put on a mask because we are coping the best we can. And to have to fake it on top of that is uh, painful and shameful. So yeah, yeah, we, one of our biggest messages is, um, yeah, not, not perfection. And I know you were telling me that you were talking to your husband about this, and he said something of another P word. So not perfection, but being prepared is that what he's there oh my goodness more yeah present being prepared present I know oh there are so many things that um we want to talk about in this episode but (sighs) how about we start with how about we start with your top um things that make you anxious but it also Besides listing them, I'd like us to tap into, and it might take a moment of reflection, but I'd love us to tap into the why, right? And the, and the how, how it feels in our body and why we think that this, you know, cause there's always something behind anxiety. So yeah. I thought we could talk about our top ones and then we asked our community theirs and then maybe move into things that have helped us and or things we like to implement into our life that helps us <laughs> have it yet. So yeah. what are some of your top um, ones about the holidays? I mean, we know some of this starts at Thanksgiving and Canada Thanksgiving is October. Yes, and American Thanksgiving was just a few days ago. It's the end yep. of November. And then that really is the minute the turkey's away from Thanksgiving, um, it is full on Christmas. And so I love decorating. I love decor. And so a huge part of it is me wanting to make my home beautiful. And I think you had mentioned that you have similar interests, but it is so easy for me to get caught up in um, being a perfectionist. And I think with social media and every other post now being about garlands and how to get that vintage garland with the antique bells hanging from the satin ribbon, 
um, it is so easy to just be so overwhelmed and feel like you don't have what it takes to have a perfect Christmas. And I think it's just such an important reminder that those are all, you know, one second in time. I've even heard that some people go out, shop for stuff, get the photo for Instagram and then return it the next day. And it's just, I need to constantly remind myself, number one, what's important. And it's not, you know, my ornaments, even though I do love them. And then just, um, you know, like my husband said, just trying to be present and remembering what's most important. Um, but it is so easy to get caught up in, in all of the Christmas decor. And I'm going to be the first one to admit, I, we have just moved into a new home, a new space. Um, I've never decorated it for Christmas. I have a yard for the first time in 10 years, eight years, wow. 10 years. Um, and so my husband and I are out there on ladders being extremely dangerous. And I think we <laughs> strung thousands of lights, but I even find myself being competitive with the other yards in the neighborhood. So um, I yeah, do love this though. We have a store in the US called Hobby Lobby. I don't know if you've ever been, but um, I went two days after Thanksgiving and I kid you not, the aisles were empty. Everything was gone and just a few remnants on the ground. And I went to one of the employees and I said, is this normal? And he said, I have never seen anything like this ever. He said, I can't even explain what's going on this year. And so I don't know if it's people overcompensating, overcompensating for last year or just, you know, trying to inject a little bit more Mary <laughs> into their holiday season. But it just seems, uh, at least for me, it's so easy to get caught up in the optics and, you know, having everything looking perfect, whereas, you know, often many Christmases I have felt anything but. Um, another struggle for me is the social aspect. Um, you know, restrictions are lifting a tiny bit um, as far as COVID. And so there are a few more parties happening. And so something that's always stressed me out in the past has been uh, my husband's staff Christmas parties. Mm -hmm. And, you know, every year it's been a source of anxiety. And so over the years, I have learned that some years I can get there and I have an okay time and other years it's just not possible. And I think I just need to recognize whatever season I'm in that Christmas season, I need to just, you know, not beat myself up. And so um, I have a few tricks. I try to plan ahead. I have the best of intentions to go. I even write down to my outfit. You know, I research the venue, where the party's going to be and, you know, try to read the newspaper or check online and get up to snuff on some of the latest news stories. So I feel a little bit prepared, but it's always hard um, to be in social situations and small talk has never been my thing. So what are you the um, most afraid of at the party? Like what, oh, where does your brain go of what catastrophe um, or terrible thing could happen? So I don't even wear heels. So number one, um, <laughs> I actually was at a party one year and one of the gals I was talking to lifted up her dress and she was wearing Doc Martens. And awesome. she said, I'm old enough to have figured out, you know, yes. it's just ridiculous to come in heels. So everything from sweat marks on my dress to body odor, breath. And then I think for me, um, I, I really like to have a place 
where I feel safe, like a yep. chair or at a table. And so a lot of these parties are cocktail style where you're just standing and mingling and wandering. Oh, and yeah. So not having that safe designated spot. And so oftentimes I will try to just find one person. Um, you know, I've met a few people that my husband works with over the years. And so if I can find them and we can just head in a corner and oftentimes I will not eat or drink a thing. And no, it's not fun. because I'm not starving or I want something. It's because I don't trust myself to not spill it. Um, get it down the front of my dress and it's just it's too much between not knowing where to stand holding a glass and appetizers and trying to walk in heels it's just too much and mm -hmm. I would much rather have an in-depth conversation with one person for five hours in the corner than try hey how's the weather <laughs> yeah so, I mean, those are just a few things. Um, so many, so many other things. And I think I put so much pressure on the actual day of Christmas. And so yep. we celebrate Christmas. Jesus is the reason for the season in our house. And so I just, I think maybe it's from Christmas movies. You just have this vision of how it's supposed to be, you know, about 6 a.m., fairy dust and the children come down to see their stockings filled ho 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 and then mom cooks this amazing christmas brunch and i am not a cook so you know and oftentimes i have sabotaged the whole day i'll end up being in an angry mood and we end up in a big fight um you know there's no breakfast and then of course you're caught up and then you go on facebook or instagram and you see all these other perfect christmas mornings and um, so, yeah, those are a few of my struggles, but I would love to hear what's difficult for you and how, how that manifests and how you've managed to um, manage. Yeah. Um, it's so interesting to me about the Christmas party and hearing that because it's so like, it's so things that I don't understand. It's interesting really? how we think that people are like us, right? We think that everyone feels the same and I am an extreme <laughs> extrovert and I love it. I know sometimes I've felt really dumb at my husband's parties because he's a environmental scientist and I'm wow. like, not. In fact, in one of our episodes, I, instead of saying like scientists, I said, Oh, you know, I'm not Scientologist or something like that. That is how little I know about the science. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so I, I felt like that before, but I feel like um, one of the things that's a superpower, but also sometimes, uh, uh, I don't want to say curse, but I don't, I can't think of another word, but is that, um, you know, I've been hypervigilant my whole life. Uh, about people and their emotions and their body language and things. So one good thing is that I can usually read a person and read a mood or read, and I can usually find something to talk about. And usually I use humor. So I'm not scared of finding things to talk about and I'll move on. And uh, because I'm not in the science world, I, I, as much as I want them to think I'm a lovely wife, I don't care what the scientists think of my expertise. Um, and so, uh, I don't, I don't feel that at the Christmas party and 
we dance all night and I look ridiculous. I'm a terrible dancer and I love it and, and all of that uh, jazz. And I'm not saying it's all perfect, but, and that the husband ones aren't my favorite ones. And I was thinking about you with the food and stuff like that. I'm the smeller probably. That's why I wear dark colors. Um, but I'm the one that like, I, because I sometimes live in a space of scarcity uh, from my childhood, I think this is the only time there's going to be this amazing of a meal. So I actually, and I'm much better now, but especially when I have episodes, I'm all or nothing and uh, I'll, I won't be sick, but I'll eat till I'm so full. So like, and I'm, I'm not embarrassed and maybe I should be, but I don't give a rip. My dessert plate is as big as like, I just go to town. <laughs> and sometimes when I'm in a hypomatic episode and going, I had um, a friend whose husband also worked there. So we were so pumped because a couple years in a row, we got to sit together and they did games. And I also like to win. <laughs> so I, uh, you know, uh, a thing for me, more of a worry for me is that I'll embarrass my husband or myself in that uh, I'll, I get so into things. So they're doing like a humming one where they hummed the song. <laughs> and you had to guess, jump up and say it. And one of the girls that was hosting it was from his group. So she was trying to, I think, not look like she was favoring her, you know, science group or whatever the aquatics or... <laughs> people like my husband so she was barely asking our table and me and my friend knew them and I kept jumping up and so I was getting louder and at <laughs> one point <laughs> I laugh but I still feel like a little rush of oh I yelled up and I was like you're not even looking over here Shelly get loud <laughs> luckily there was some drinks flowing for other people and I'm not and then people think that I'm drinking and I'm not drinking it's just me and I, a lot of people say we enjoy you and it's funny but I'm like later I'm like oh who cares who cares if you're gonna win and then I get really into winning and we yeah. listen to old episodes we won our wedding and so yeah. I believe in the possibility of winning big things like I'm not <laughs> so I'm all in you're proof so yeah so I'm like pick me. And then sometimes I know I was like, you know, Rob Hugendorn, Rob Hugendorn. And I'm saying it to the table, like, <laughs> so oh, I anyways, would love someone at you. <laughs> yeah. So I'm, I would have been your, per yeah, you would have hid behind me, honestly. And I would have loved if you would have come over and struck up a conversation. So maybe you can look out for that. Me I, I will. That is a good, yes, I will do that. We aren't having it this year. Uh, they're going to try and have it in February, hoping that there's more restrictions lifted. Um, yes, so yes. we will see. I will look for the person. Um, but uh, yeah, so, but I generally, uh, I've talked before, I'm very cyclical. Yeah. Not so much anymore, but I the depression would start to hit mid-October and then it would go till December and then I would get a, a, you know, a bit of a high because it's something exciting. And we know that, um, you know, some of the biggest things that trigger episodes or affect um, people that live with bipolar disorder is, is change, holidays, you know, like, um, and uh, the, the unknown, right? And we can't control other people and how they're going to act at the Christmas parties or the family gatherings. And so 
another trigger for me, same as kind of on the same line as yours is that for some reason, I think everyone's having a better Christmas than me. I have extreme FOMO oh, wow. and I am the opposite in you that you've talked about before. When your schedule looks packed, you get anxious. If mine's too empty, I get anxious. I think I'm going to be lonely. I'm going to be depressed, especially pre-medication. I would just be frantic to make plans because you know, I knew that being alone with my own thoughts, especially in a depression, or, and then the whirling thoughts with the mania that, um, that I would not be in a healthy place. So a healthy thing for me to do was make plans, but I would do that to the extreme and then burn out, right? So I try, I try to balance, but um, yeah, I think everyone's having a better Christmas. And I feel like, and let me know if you feel like this, I felt like it heightened when I had kids. Um, just wanting them to have a beautiful Christmas and my mom went all out and like the amount of things and money that I spend on like stocking stuffers is ridiculous the amount of I'm the person that loved and might we still do it even though we know it's not true like I loved the elf on the shelf I loved the 24 <laughs> nights I didn't get until the past like it's been like a lot of years now we just do it to joke each other because I have teenage girls um, but I was the one, I was the one doing the wild and, and I know that it, uh, might've, uh, irritated other people. Right. But I enjoyed it. So it's yeah. really cool that we talk about how different we are and how that manifests and how the anxiety manifests. But yeah, I, and I, I live with this thing and I don't know if you do, but I always think that I'm doing things the wrong way. Right. So I'm like, are we doing enough Christmas things? Am I, you know, doing the gingerbread house or are we, you know, um, and then you mentioned, uh, you know, I'm also a woman of faith and um, I, you know, would picture other people like the night before Christmas, reading the Christmas story and everybody talking about the Bible and us being really focused and and come on. Like the kids don't, maybe some do. And that's awesome. And I'm so happy for you. Yeah. Mine did not. Right. And so then I would be like hammering it and like, and think we're not a good Christian family. And I used to have ideas of what that should look like. Yeah. And um, like you said, sabotage it and like make my kids, you know, not like I wouldn't ruin it, but like, why would they want to talk about this story in Jesus when I'm like, are you listening? right exactly well and for us I had to also realize that every Christmas might look different and so last Christmas my family three three of the five of us were in quarantine in a hotel room we had just moved we were in transition we were during COVID and my Christmas tree was this big and my mom would drop things off at the hotel door and oh, that must have been so hard it was very hard I mean the introvert in me was a little bit like yay yeah. <laughs> mellow Christmas but a very different Christmas from this year you know one Christmas and it will go down as one of my favorite Christmases we were um abroad and we decided for Christmas dinner we wanted to order Indian food so not traditional, so not what you would see, you know, on social media, but we just decided that that gear, that's what worked for us. I'm not the best cook. And so I think 
part of it too is recognizing each different Christmas and that we might all be in a different season and some years we can handle more you know than others and some years maybe you will read that beautiful Christmas story with a calm voice <laughs> and other years maybe not but I'm just curious um to contrast last Christmas with this Christmas yeah. how are you feeling going into the holidays and I know things are pretty well I think they're opening up a little bit but COVID is very much still around yeah and so Christmas in many ways looks very different and it did last year too so yeah. how was last year in the height of lockdown and how are you yeah. doing this year with your yeah. cycles and everything yeah so um every second year we go to my family up north in prince george um so it was our off year so that was okay because i was like oh we weren't going to see them anyways but uh, everything else i was pretty devastated because i feel my calendar when we're not with my family because we have no family so I hang out with my chosen family. Um, but that was like nothing. So I started making Zoom part. And I love tradition and the idea of tradition. And so I felt like all traditions were ruined, right? Or all things that I did every year. And I just felt so sad. And I didn't, I couldn't get into it. And I couldn't even pretend. So I'm usually like start shopping all year round and I left it to the last minute. I couldn't even order online because it was too late. And I ended last minute for me, which is like the second week of December. Um, I had to go to the mall and just make do with whatever was there. And, yeah. um, and then I decided, you know what? If this is gonna be different, instead of just being sad, that we're not doing our traditions or our routines. Let's do, we called it backwards Christmas. So let's each Ooh, I love it. in our family that's just wild and different and something we've never done before. Um, so that we'll remember that and not just the sadness of COVID. Yeah. So I love that you said that because I hate cooking on a normal day, but I hate Christmas dinner and I hate having it on Christmas day because one, we stuff ourselves with our chocolate and all our other things. Yeah. And we make this thing in the morning, it's called shoe pastry, which sounds fancy, but it's like Ooh. eggs and it has like, um, uh, like drizzle of icing sugar. And anyways, it's like, oh, our thing. Um, so I already have to make that. And so, and then we're stuffed and don't even really enjoy the meal. And, and then, then you've got all the cleanup. Yeah. And then I have to think about doing it and cleaning up and all that jazz. So um, I think we're going to carry this on, but we had A&W. We love A&W. I love I love that you said that because at the end of the day, it doesn't matter what you're eating. I think we, we often get so caught up. We miss the whole point of yes, being with family, being together. Um, I know too, the, the gift giving can be so overwhelming. And at a certain point, you're either just transferring money into other people's accounts, or you're just buying things that you don't need. And yes. it just gets to the point of being ridiculous. Yes. It's almost as if there needs to be a reset, at least in my mind. Yes. Let me tell you about mania and gift giving. Let me tell you, see if see about this so I love gift giving and that's like my love language I love getting gifts I love giving gifts and I love them I feel like they have to be so meaningful and I feel like I've done ones that are so meaningful that I feel like I've set the bar high I'm I'm fine now 
low bar, lower bar. But I, and I love crafting. And also I've talked about in hypomania before this urgency and this knowing that I'm going to go into depression. So a lot of the reasons why I do all the projects at once is because I knew um, that if I didn't get them done, once I got depressed, there's zero projects. So it wasn't just the mania driving me. It was the knowing that this is your chance. This is your one shot, right? For this year and to make up for the other part. Cause even though I tried to cover it up, the kids, kids know, right. They knew I was depressed. And so, um, in their own young kid way. Um, and so, and I like making things. So I would spend weeks making homemade soaps and candles and this and that, and just hours upon hours. And like we've talked before, just neglect eating, neglect all the things, right? Do what I have to do to keep my children alive and healthy and all those things. But besides that, just immerse. So I would miss like sweet moments, like with my husband, or I wouldn't watch all the Christmas movies because I'd always be, you know, in the background doing the stuff and pretending I'm watching with the kids. And I remember my daughter's just like, mommy, can you just sit with us and just do the one thing? Yeah. Right. And I, I, I just couldn't. And so um, pre-medication, I couldn't. I'm a little bit better now. I also love to host. And because, like, back to that quote about perfection, uh, you know, with shame right behind it, um, I do feel, just because of some of the toxic things, um, you know, in our culture about women and the kitchen, and then it you know, truth be told, it's heightened in the church of women's roles. It's unfortunate, not all of them, but, you know, that's kind of, I've always kind of thought, you know, that I'm a little bit of failure because I don't like to do that. And so I overcompensate at parties or Christmas in uh, spending a whole bunch of time with this homemade cooking and all this and be bitter and angry and uh, hating it. And not being able to enjoy the party because of thinking about the food. And I've really, um, I've really cut back on that. And I'll touch on that when we talk about things we can do um, or things we've changed to make it easier. But yeah, I, the gift giving and just wanting to make, you know, your kids so happy. And then I'll be like, okay. And then I, I don't know if you do this, but the week before, I think it's not enough. So that week before I'll probably go spend another whatever and then you have to make it equal. And then now it's so hard. Like it was easy when they were kids because it was little things. Oh, I know. They're teenagers and they don't want things or they want things that are ridiculously expensive or you can't pick it out. And they're in this weird stage where they want to actually open a gift and have a present, but they don't give you any ideas and they say they want money, but then it's not fun. And yeah, I find that. I know, I know. Yeah, it's a lot. (laughs) It's so much. And I feel like all emotions are heightened. And we only focus on, um, as a society, the happy heightened and the warm heightened and the warm feelings and the warm drinks and all of that. But what we don't recognize is that grief is heightened. Anxiety is heightened. heightened. Um, Loneliness. Loneliness. Bingo. I, I, and I have to remind myself too, Christmas is not the happiest time of year for a lot of people. And like you mentioned, anyone that has lost a loved one, um, you know, or is alone and they don't have a family or they have strained relationships with their family or broken families. It's, it's, 
it's really, really tough. And seeing, you know, all the other stuff on social media can sometimes make it feel, you know, just yeah. so difficult and so hard. So I need to, yes, remember that. And, you know, I love, I love that, you know, when we chat and sign off, sometimes you'll just say, have a day instead of have a good day. And so instead of have a Merry Christmas, you know, have a Christmas, yeah. <laughs> you know, whatever that looks like. Yeah. Um, have a Christmas. And we hope that, you know, there's pockets of peace and, and joy, but yeah. also there's, you know, I like to think of it as holding the plans and with an open hand that it might not, yeah. you know, I can't grasp on and make it be happy. Right. Yeah. Cause then I'm, I'm ruining it ahead of time yeah, for sure. Exactly. Um, one of the things that I was thinking about is one of the hugest things. And um, sometimes I downplay it as well because they're not huge issues, but I think that a lot of people are talk about how the family and the pressure and the conversations are the hardest. I mean, we all have a family member that brings up hard things or maybe even, you know, uh, racist or homophobic things, or also like if you're single commenting on that commenting on your parenting. I know when we do joint Christmases commenting on how many gifts you give to your kid how if you're comparing to the other family member that you're with and I heard this really. First of all, if that is you we are with you and honestly at the end of the day, I am getting a little bit more harsh about my boundaries. Yeah, it is not worth it because you think you have to, or yeah. you, or it's always been done. If that is going to affect your yeah. mental health and possibly put you into an episode or make things worse, then you know what? If disappointing other people happens, I think it's more important not to disappoint yourself. And I don't mean by doing selfish things, you know, when we're really hypomanic and we're not in check, but I mean, like, I remember the first year we told my parents that we're only going to come every second year and that we're going to do our own Christmas. Yeah. Um, I and I know, luckily, you know, they were super understanding, but I know they're hurt and I know, um, but for our own sake, we wanted to have our own little family unit. And I just, depending yeah. on what's going on there, I put that first, my little family unit over yeah. all the rest of the family. And, yeah, you know, yeah, the setting boundaries. I think too, we've had a lot of people like you that's talked about the seeing so many people drains people's energy. Like, yeah. I don't know, try, would you explain to us what it feels like as an introvert, even though you want to do these things, how it drains you physically and mentally and how that affects you? I'd love to hear a little bit more. Well, I mean, and I love people and I love events, but too much of a good thing. And I, I just shut down. So my husband actually uh, read about a term, I think it was called a social sprinter, or I'm a little bit of an extrovert, but when I'm out, I give 1000% of myself. Ah. So if I am going to a party, I will come out of the gate with a giant smile, you know, done up to the nines. And my husband read that people that do this, they can be the life of the party. Everyone loves getting to know them and then that person will go home and literally be down and out for weeks because they they gave so much of themselves but 
Um, it's just, ugh, I, it's hard to put into words. I think for other people um, that are introverted, it's just, it's almost like one day out to five days in. But yeah. it is, I'm stuck in this, you know, I don't want to miss out. I want to go to a Christmas party, but I know it might come at a cost. And if I'm not in a good place and I have all those other fears and anxieties swirling, I will come home exhausted. My husband and I have been to Christmas parties before at Friends. And then um, we get into the car at the end of the night and, you know, my mood flips and I just take out all of my pent up frustration from, you know, having to put on that happy face. He gets the brunt of that. We fight the whole way home. And he even joked, we should, you know, write the script of a movie. This couple goes to a Christmas party. Everybody tells the husband how wonderful and lovely his wife is. And then you flip and you see behind the scenes, you know, she's just falling apart. And before I was diagnosed, before I, you know, took medication to sort of keep my, you know, symptoms in check, I did not know how to manage those emotions. And so I would, I would unleash and unload uh, behind the scenes. Um, and, you know, he would just say, oh my goodness, you know, who, who are you and who were you at that party? So yeah. And it, then we're hard. like detrimentally affecting our relationships yeah. for, I, yeah, sorry for <laughs> others. And I yeah. just think, I used to think it was selfish too. And especially like you know, some of the, um, I just want to say, cause I know it's Christmas and I know some people might be upset with me if I say hard things about church. I'm very feeling very anxious about saying them, but I think that we don't talk about it enough and I have to be honest. So I'm just going to give that before I say it, because I still go to church and I, I, <laughs> I love Jesus and all of those things, but I have to tell you, there is bad theology around women in the church. And there is bad theology about being selfless because we have learned and we know that especially with women, we are not helping anybody by giving so much of ourselves that there's nothing left for us or our family. Yeah. Right. And we are, and it's causing uh, unhealthy um, relationships and it's causing unrealistic expectations and it's causing us to show up um, as no plastic, perfect people. Yeah. And I think that it's the opposite way of Jesus, in my opinion. He wants us to show up. He showed up dirty and sad and, um, you know, hanging out with people that, uh, you know, nobody else would hang out with. Yeah. And meanwhile, we're trying to show up super sparkly and um, being at the detriment of our relationships. And I just think we need to talk about that and we need to stop. And I've noticed um, with my kids and the next generation, how they're, uh, it's, such a beautiful thing and I hope that you know what we're teaching them um my kids don't say fine when they're not fine and honestly the other day I got embarrassed because I just it old you know older folks or even uh, you know some folks that aren't comfortable with emotions and feelings like we yeah. are in our family um they don't know what to do and it stops conversation sometimes and I was embarrassed and I was just like oh huh you know we're a family that doesn't say fine and da -da -da. but I was like you know what, it's not going to change, it's going to be uncomfortable. And yeah. I don't think that life was supposed to be completely uncomfortable. And yeah. if we're too comfortable, then I don't feel like it's real, like messy yeah. relationships are yeah. true relationships. And rant, maybe, yeah. and rant. maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome to rant. 
Well, and I loved what you touched on about boundaries too, because I think we've been trained to think that if we say no, yep. we're being unkind or we're being selfish with our time. When in reality, if, no, if we don't set the boundaries, no one else is going to set the boundaries. And it often comes at the cost of our sanity a lot of the time um, and, you know, our emotions. And so, so many Christmases, um, I love my family. I love both sides of my family, but I will say I have felt that pressure with, you know, alternating Christmases with each family who gets us on Christmas day. And some of my most favorite Christmases have been the ones where we've been able to just stay home and have Christmas in our house. But because of uh, us living um, in different places uh, over the years, many Christmases have been spent waking up in a hotel room. And it's also my husband's birthday. So that adds oh. a lot of other pressures. So we'll celebrate his day until noon and then do this switch. But it usually involves, you know, packing up and having Christmas and stockings at the hotel room door and it's yeah. just a lot of times it's just very stressful it's not calm or peaceful as much as I love seeing family and so this year we have decided we are going to stay in our new home and um, two of my kids are going to fly down so we'll be together but I just and you know my daughter was married um, so, you know, there's another family in the mix too, that, that wow, she will yeah. spend Christmas with. So I'm just so thankful because my family sounds like your family's been very, um, understanding, but, um, my family also, we've just all accepted that it's not going to work out every year for us all to be together on that day. And that's okay. Yeah. No matter when it works for us to get together, it, it will be just as meaningful and just as special. And so, um, yeah, I think it really is important to set those boundaries, figure out yeah. what works for you. And one year you may not just need to set as many boundaries, but yeah. on the years that you do, um, I, you know, hopefully you can do that with, with as little guilt as possible. Yes, exactly. And I think, uh, yeah, I think you touched on, on something really, really important about, you know, about boundaries and, yeah. and feeling mean. I think I've had to say things to um, people that I know and people that I love before, like you hundred percent have your feelings and I have my feelings. And um, you know, uh, this might disappoint you. And I would just ask that you talk to other people about it. I can't carry your disappointment and uh, you know, you, everyone's welcome to feel their feelings, but I can't have that conversation with you because I will replay that over and over in my head. Right. And that's, it's harsh, but things aren't going to change. Right. Like, yeah. and guilting me into something isn't going to, you know, like that's going to fracture relationships. Yeah. I heard something really interesting too. And I don't know about you because I live away from home. Um, I find that we all have kind of chosen or not roles in our family or ways we behave in our family of origin. And I find like the moment I get back in Prince George, it's like I'm eight or 16 again, and I'm not even my best evolved self and I'm not even my whole self. And it isn't because, you know, my family doesn't know me and we're not close. It just kind of happens, you know, like I'm the loud and I've been misunderstood as, you know, the unrealistic over planning. I'm considered to be over planned. When really I'm just trying to make it okay for myself and I've toned down a lot uh, but always the overdramatic the too much right and I fall right into that and I almost 
do things that I wouldn't normally do. And then I'm so frustrated with myself. And um, I think I spend a lot of time um, not standing in my place in my boundary. Like I can set them, but following through as soon as someone's disappointed is hard for me, but like standing in them and just, uh, you know, just being okay yeah. with them thinking that about me. And I spend so much time trying to convince people that I'm not yeah. crazy or that this is a normal way to, for people to act just because a bunch of you, you know, don't want to make such structured plans it doesn't make just because I'm the odd one out with some things doesn't make me wrong or crazy or whatever. And I just had to let that go because that would heighten that Christmas. Right. Yeah. And honestly, um, and it's no one's fault and it wouldn't be big blowouts sometimes maybe, but just feeling so misunderstood. I probably spend, you know, half a day or a couple hours crying in my room when we're, you know, even maybe when we're home almost every year I do, because I get it's what we know now is a release of cortisol, which is the stress hormone. So that makes me feel better. Not just that I'm like a whiny mess and ruining Christmas, yeah. but we have to release it somehow. And I usually end up having a big cry. Aww. Yeah. Yeah. So one of the things I heard in this podcast, tell me if I'm talking too much, but I'm so excited to talk about it is share, share. it says it, she, she said um, something along the lines of um, don't, uh, don't like it was about expectations and don't um, have the highest expectations. So don't, if family has always been this way, if uncle Bob always says the rude thing, if this person always gets loaded and drunk and inappropriate, or if this person hurts your feelings, or if yeah. the sleigh ride has never worked out every year you planned, all of those things, don't expect it to be different that year. Do you know what I mean? Like, yes, yeah. you can have hope, but also be realistic. The holidays are not the time to think that your whole family is going to change and that it's going to look like TV. Exactly. That's what you said. About well, and just talking about this makes me realize that everyone at Christmas dinner <laughs> has their own deal with Christmas and their own stressors. And they're bringing to that table whatever hangups they might have or struggles with Christmas. So you get, you get all that put together and it's a recipe for yes. But yeah. I love what you said about um, setting realistic expectations. And my husband is such a fan of our show that he saw some of the notes I took about this episode and Yay! he took it upon himself to give some input and he's very wise, but he, his first point set realistic expectations up front. And, and point four is don't make unrealistic expectations on others. It removes yes. this area for disappointment and frustration. I knew there was a reason I married him. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that's yeah. true. Like Christmas isn't going to be the time that you're going to have your transforming conversation and make up with the person that, you know, that you don't usually get along with or yeah. Exactly. And I found that freeing because I'm like, is that negative? Not hoping that it'll be different. It's like, no, just don't expect it at that time. If something happens, wonderful Bonus. to put that on top of everything else. Yeah. No, you're, it's gonna, it's gonna blow up and you're going to be uh, you know, disappointed. And you're right. Yeah. It's not, chances are all of the things aren't about you. You know what I mean? Like yeah. uh, 
it, it, people are all carrying their own uh, baggage and stuff. And a lot of the things that they're doing, they're not setting out to, to hurt you. And if they are then, and they have before, you know, figure out ways to protect your heart. Think about yeah. like, if there's some things that you need to stand your ground on, like if, you know, Uncle Bob is racist or something like that. Think about what you're going to say ahead of time. Yeah. And I've learned, again, I talk about being curious a lot. Be curious about why maybe that comes out at this time of year or why certain things happen. And then I try to find one good thing about that person because I can villainize the person and then judge them, right? And so try and find the, the one good thing. And instead of arguing a lot of times, I've, um, I've come to a place where I ask questions like, what makes you feel that way? Oh, that you know, what, you know, tell me more about that. And chances are sometimes people are just saying things because they've heard it, or yeah. you get kind of the backstory to why, you know, they might have those feelings. Are they okay? Um, I used to think I always had to argue with it to be like, it's not okay. But I'm not saying be silent, but I'm saying like, be prepared to, uh, you know, be in a, in a kind way, like, yeah. you know, soft front, you know, strong back, wild heart, Brene Brown says, like, you can be soft and loving, but also have your, you know, these are the things that I can't talk about. And I remember one time, I won't say who, but I had to say, I am never going to agree with you. So we can't talk about this anymore. Yeah. You kept trying to convince me. And I'm like, I, I'm actually not going to say another yeah. word about this. And they were deeply offended. But since then, we've had better conversations. Exactly. And it's, sometimes it's it's having the wisdom to know this is not a conversation for Christmas dinner. Yes. <laughs> this is not going to end well. This is going to be very divisive. So we'll, yes. we'll have this out back with the eggnog. <laughs> yeah. Right. <Later. laughs> right. And I think too, like, you know, uh, we know with... Um, different mental illnesses and bipolar disorder that, um, you know, we're, we're very prone to addiction and um, trying things. So I think some of my advice would be, you know, I know it might feel better in the moment to, yeah. you know, drink or, or do other uh, harmful things, but try and find, um, even if it's just like a room or going outside to reset, um, find different and schedule different or find different um, places or spaces that you can feel safe enough to show up as your full self, right? Yeah. And take that time. If you need to leave for half an hour party, chances are, you know, people aren't going to miss you that much if you're that <laughs> gone. And if someone comments on it, what a beautiful opportunity for you to be able to model taking care of yourself. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I just want to touch on with the holidays and traveling, I know a lot of people are having company. Yes, including myself. And even though it is my children and I love them dearly, that can be extremely stressful. So my advice for that is remind yourself they're not going to be staying with you forever. It is very stressful and try to carve out those little pockets um, of downtime. And a lot of times it's bedtime for me or yep. when I'm in the shower, sometimes yep. I'll have an extra long shower, but as long as you and prepare as much as possible. So meals yep. and stuff like that. So you eliminate as much stress and then just but I will say it is very stressful to have um, company. And I know a lot of people out there might be gearing up for that. So know that you're not alone if that is hard 
for yeah. you. And there will be a day where you give them a hug and drop them off at the airport. And uh, hopefully the memories are good ones. Yeah. And I think too, we know, like I keep saying the same phrase, um, <laughs> with bipolar disorder, change is huge, even good change. And so I try and find, like, I would feel rude if I would, you know, now I have the dog excuse, but that I would go for a walk and leave. I felt like I had to be with everyone all the time, even yeah. when they're staying yes. at my house. Yes. Find something that you do every day, like a few things, rhythms to keep the same. Um, or, uh, or otherwise, it's too many new things for your brain, even if they're good, yeah. right? Yeah. And I, yeah, I... Uh, yeah, I love that. And I love the idea of, you know, even going to another space for a few minutes, go out and touch the snow if you're lucky enough to have <laughs> snow. Yes. Um, also, take the help, even in your own yes. house. I used to think of my own house, I have to, but I wouldn't let my mom cook or I wouldn't let. And when I go to people's houses, I would love if they gave me something to do to help. So I let people help as painful it is for me to watch. Yes. And recognize that my gifts are not your gifts. My gift is definitely not in the kitchen. Yeah. I used to beat myself up about that. I used oh, to think, too. you know, all those things. And I've now realized I will make the table look so pretty. But I'll, I'll admit this for Thanksgiving, we found a local restaurant that boxed up the entire meal. Awesome. Fully cooked turkey, everything. You pick it up. It was delicious. And that just eliminated that stress. And I felt oh. no guilt about it. And so oftentimes, yes, you're you're actually doing other people a favor by letting them do what they're good at. And that oh. frees you up to, to use your gifts and talents where, um, where they're most present. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I love that. I love that so much. I think too... Um, one of the things that I also, I think I heard somewhere um, is about just because you it looks like something the one year doesn't mean it's going to be forever. So if you want to try something new, maybe you bring, um, you know, an untraditional dish and maybe everyone hates it, but you it's okay. Or maybe if you're having a huge depression or a huge this and you opt out or maybe like, I know I was so disappointed for a couple of years in a row, one family member was sick. And I remember my husband went to bed right after the presence and I just felt like everything was ruined. And I'm like, it's only one. Yeah. Like it's, it's not going to be like this every time. And it's not going to change the trajectory of all your tradition. No. You don't all do your holidays. <laughs> well, and um, this year I had every intention of hosting a Christmas coffee with a few um, friends and I just basically realized it's too much. It's too much. As much as I wanted to, as much as I've decorated my home and everything, I know myself, I'm leaving. I have a trip to go on on Friday. And if I host that Thursday, I know the effects of that. I'm not going to get packed. I'm going to get angry. The dog won't have his back. Like it'll just, and then that will set off a terrible trip. Yeah. And so Good I have told myself this year, was not the year, but you know what? Next year might be the best Christmas coffee. And one year I was in a place where I was really brave and I threw out a Christmas invite and we hosted a Christmas sit down dinner in our apartment and it was fabulous. I called in help where I needed it. I have not done that since, that was six years ago and that's okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, and you know what? Uh your friends wouldn't want that either. Like, no, I exactly. didn't want to know that my friends stressed out for me. And guess yeah. what? 
just like us, you can put on your sparkly dress and you can hang out in February. Like we don't yeah. need to do things. We did um, a few things because my parents were here and now we're not sure if we can see them because I'll tell you in another episode, but BC yeah. had in um, emergency weather and there's highways closed and I don't think we're going to be able to go up and it's our year. So it's like COVID Aww. and now this, so I'm, ha- I'm really I'm struggling here. But um, so we did a few things with my parents. We, it was like way too soon. And we did a couple Christmassy things because we didn't know. Um, yeah, we didn't, we don't know still if we're going to see each other. So, yeah. yeah. So, you know what? It sounds awful, but great advice. Lower your expectations. <laughs> you know, be curious. Um, take care of yourself first. Yeah. Show up. Yeah. Be prepared. Um, don't show up if that's going to, um, you know, save your mental health. And if you're alone and lonely, you know, our hearts are with you. Um, I'm on social media probably more than I should be. So just reach (laughs) out if you need a a Christmas heart uh, message and I would be happy to do that. We didn't have a chance to go over um, our thing. We had a lot of feelings about Christmas. Yeah, but um, we thank you for sharing them and I'll go in and, and comment on them and Julie and I just read over them um, and yes. we thought of you and we sent you all the well wishes and you know what we hope you have a Christmas and have yeah. a new year and we hope that it surprises you with even if it's small pockets of peace and um, goodness and yeah we hope there are places that you can show up as your your full self whatever that is and we we don't know you but we are sending love to every person out there because we know what it feels like and um just know you're not alone this is at christmas Mm -hmm.